Hello, and welcome to the Fans of Life podcast. It's really great to be back with you guys. I have to make a quick disclaimer about this episode uh, because there is gore. No, there's no gore. There's no profanity either. Nothing bad. But the disclaimer is unfortunately sad. I had uh, Macias on over the phone, kind of, um, and I plugged him into the audio into my audio DAC, but my audio DAC just did not like it. So for part of it, there is a little bit of distortion and there's some... There's just a, a, a few bits of messed up audio, so it's going to seem a little choppy, uh, but if you'll just bear with me, the information's good. I'm really excited to have him on the podcast, and hopefully it doesn't take too much away from uh, you know, the awesome interview that we had, but I look forward to hopefully hearing feedback from you guys, and uh, hopefully you guys enjoy. Thanks. We are really excited to have with us today Macias Cooper who is going to be doing missions work. He has been studying and training to do missions work um, in various climates and areas, um, and he is planning for a mission trip coming up soon, but I will let him tell you about tell tell you about that himself. Um, say hello, Makias. Hey, everybody. This is Makias. It's nice to be on here with Azariah. Um, so first things first, I guess a little introduction to how we met. We had like... Oh walked on a job site two and a half years ago together two and a half years ago yeah I can't about yeah i can't believe it's been that long um but ended up working together for about two plus years and uh over the years you were back and forth about kind of where what your calling was but i guess that leads to kind of my first question um what let you believe that like what led you to believe that your calling was missions? Like what, what brought you to this place that you're at now that you says, Oh yes, this is exactly what God wants me doing. Well, that's actually a really good question. I was just talking to a friend here about that. And so basically I had a couple career paths. I'm, I'm 21. And the first career path I had was welding. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make money. I'm going to just buy a house. I'm going to just sell down. And that's end all be all. And then I don't know, as soon as I got the job, I was like, wow, I really hate my life. This is really miserable for me. I don't like being that dirty. And so that welding is a very dirty job. And so, yeah, anyway, I realized I was not called to be a welder. And so I got a job in residential construction with Azrael on the same, we started on the same day. And that was awesome. I loved it. I learned so much. I didn't know how to use an impact gun, which is a type of screw gun on my first day. And so I remember being upstairs in the work house we were working on. And I'd like call Azrael and say, I think I broke the screw gun. Because <laughs> it was making really loud noises, and he just came over and pushed down. I was like, "Oh!" And so basically, there's a really big learning curve there. But I realized I really like doing that, I like remodeling, I like doing the kind of construction, and it was all just very, I don't know, fun also, for me. That's and also so, really good prep for missions work because pretty much anytime you're doing missions work, being good with your hands and being able to help mm -hmm. people with your skills um, is important. I think so. Yeah. Um, I completely agree, and it's I, it gives me like excitement to think I can help somebody and preach the gospel, but building someone a house, I can like the act of service will actually just teach the gospel as well as my mouth could. And so anyway, I was leading high school Bible studies with my church, and the mission leader was co-leading with me for my church. And one night I was just prepping a study, and I was like, it occurred to me, God, I don't think I like my job. <laughs> I like, but it's so fun for me. I was like, so why don't I like doing it anymore? And it just occurred to me, there's got to be a better way to like put my passion for helping people and working and teaching people. And so I, I don't know, my blood sister 
who lives in New Zealand, was in YWAM for four years. And she came to my mind. So I was like, I should call her. And so she did her DTS, which is Discipleship Training School, forever ago, and just fell in love with being a missionary. And it's like, you should pursue YWAM. It sounds right up your alley. And I'm naturally, I, you know, as humble as I am, I was like, no, that sounds silly. And so I was about the end of our call. And then I called my cousin who was in YWAM currently. And this is right before she was about to get sent on her outreach. I asked her, should I do it? I was like, I feel weird. Like this is such a big step in a different direction. And she told me, you'll never regret doing something for Jesus. And then full send. And those are the last words I heard from her before she was gone for two months. And so yeah, that was a lot to deal with. I was like, okay, that was kind of like a giant invitation into a great big unknown for me. And so, yeah, I remember the date was March 27th when I decided to write down my journal that if God wants me in missions, he's going to open all the doors for me to get there. And if not, they're going to close right away. And somehow I got to the other side of the country. I'm in Salem, Oregon at a YWAM base, fully committed to it now. And yeah, I guess God just opened up some doors and made it really clear to me that missions where I belong. And I haven't thought twice about it since I've been here. Yeah, I um, I feel like with any job you there's a certain amount of grind like you go to it every day and it gets tiring and old um so really no matter what you do you're gonna kind of face that some of those some of those you know job Mm -hmm. hardships but i find that if unless you if you feel like you're not accomplishing something you really are not meant to be there like even if you are so if like if you're building houses and yeah, you're doing stuff. You're fin- you finish building a house, but if you don't feel like really motivated by, oh, look what I did, look what I built with my hands, or or this or that, um, you shouldn't you shouldn't do it. And and I, I, I say you shouldn't, but often I mean you need to have a job, but right. you are motivated by reaching a goal to reach others with Christ, which everyone every Christian should. Um, but hopefully that there, there's a difference there. I don't, I don't know if that, that disconnect makes sense, but in any, any vocation, wherever you are, you have to have that. I want to reach this goal. And when I do reach this mm-hmm. goal, I'm going to be proud of reaching that goal. Um, have you felt that at all in the steps you've taken so far with missions work? My goodness. I completely agree. First of all, yes, I think we should all definitely do something we have an ambition for something we actually like want to pursue and it's obviously it's a blessing to get to pick in a country like america where you can actually just pick what we want to do and yeah i've since i've been here it's just been like i've had opportunities to go on the street and just evangelize and opportunities to just do work around the campus and just everything we do is just so revolving around our passion for loving god and loving others and making the gospel known that i it doesn't feel like work anymore. And I think that's the goal of work. Like finding a career path you enjoy is so essential for happiness in your life just because this is what you're going to do. Like you're, when you get a career, it's, it's for the foreseeable future. This is what you plan on doing. And yeah, so like if it's something you don't enjoy doing, I don't see how you're going to find much happiness. And there's this book I had to read in like the second week of being here called uh, Garden City by John Mark Comer. And he basically talks about how Everything we do, you are still an image bearer of God, right? And so no matter what you're doing, you are made as an image bearer. And so you should try and reflect God's nature in whatever you're trying to do. And so the idea is that whether you're a barista, you're not just a barista. If you're a painter, you're not just a painter. You're this and what God called you to be. And so you can find unity in aligning up what you want to do with what God's called you to do. 
and I think that's really beautiful because like in this book, it's like, would I be happy if God knew I was doing this for the rest of my life? Would God be happy with it? And yeah, coming to missions, I've realized I have no qualms about whether or not I'm doing something just to make money or if I'm just trying to just get by because I feel completely led here. I know God has led me here. And that gives me a sense of peace knowing that this isn't just something that happened to happen. This is God's will happening. And so, yeah, I don't know. I find complete contentment in what I've been doing here. I mean, even though there's the, the grind to it, like I have AOS, which is active service. Basically, you pick one at the beginning of school, and mine was breakfast duty. So every morning I get up at 545, and I prep breakfast for the campus. It's still a grind. There's not, not every part of what God calls you to do is going to be fun, but his yoke is light, right? And so it's not like overbearing. It's not something that weighs you down. It's just, I don't know, there's, there's meaning to the work now. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there, there are things that you can be doing that are hard yet energizing. Um, do you mm -hmm. find like that even just doing that act of service in the morning energizes you for the rest of the day, or is it like a total drag? <laughs> oh, I, I still need a nap about halfway through the day now, but I don't resent the fact that I had to do the work. Right? It's given me a sense of, sense of like inner peace about what I've done. Like I get up every morning. Obviously, I'm going to be tired at some point in the day, but I don't feel like I'm disappointing God or disappointing myself or anything when I get tired about this. I just like, okay, I agree to do this. And I feel almost proud of myself for committing to it now. And so I think God's just giving me a, a little interesting challenge because as you know, I'm not the, the most friendly person when I first wake up. <laughs> and so this is giving me practice to try and be a little bit more like Christ and die to myself a little bit. So even if I don't want to be friendly in the morning, I should still try and die to myself a little bit and pick up my 545 cross. And yeah, I don't know. It's not it's not so daunting to die to self once you practice a little bit, I don't think. Yeah, and it seems to get better and better the more time you spend um I don't know, accomplishing those little those little victories and little goals. Like I guess you waking up in the morning and having um well, time to serve others. Mm-hmm. But um so your mission trip trip coming up is to in East Asia, right? Southeast Asia, yeah. Southeast. Very cool, very cool. Um, and what are, what are the kind of things that you are doing to prepare for that? Well, we have a lot of team meetings. And so we'll like every week, I think on Friday, we talk about like our connection there because our two staff members are, are cord cooperating with the, the staff over in YWAM in Southeast Asia. And they're planning out like what we can actually accomplish, what we can try and do. And so while we're here, we're doing a lot of like team bonding stuff and a lot of intercession together. So we'd be praying for like nations and stuff and anything the Lord puts on our hearts, but we're getting used to praying together and out loud and stuff. And it's been very um, awesome, I guess. It's like, it's so, it's a, like a weird intimacy that I've never actually experienced before. Like get to pray in a group of, of people for a common cause. And it's really awesome to me. But one of the things our staff is doing to make this kind of fun for us, quote unquote, is giving us weekly challenges. And so like the weekly challenge last week was every day we have to meet at 9 p.m. in the library. And now that's really annoying because at, at that point we're all very tired. And so to, you know, practice getting tired and getting used to having to still talk to each other, we meet every night at 9 p.m. because we're going to have to do that on outreach. But this week's challenge is a little bit more savage i don't want to, i don't know how else to describe it we can only eat with our right hand and no utensils and stuff 
because in Southeast Asia, they don't use utensils. They use their hand. And so they're trying to get us accommodated to the culture we're going to jump into by taking away our utensils. So, yeah, I'll give you an idea. We had jambalaya <laughs> for lunch a couple days ago. And, yeah, all of my class and I were just eating rice and meat and, and wet food with our hands. Only our right hand. And so, yeah, it was it was very... It's a very entertaining week, but yeah, it's I'm I miss utensils, but I'm getting a sense of culture shock right now. <laughs> you got a little bit of experience with missions work out in New Mexico with us uh, doing East for West Navajo Ministries. So, is there any type of of um, advice as as though you know what training you've gotten so far or experience you've had in the past? Starting out, what what kind of advice would you give someone who has never done missions before, but possibly may start doing missions? Well, for starters, I'd recommend bringing a lot of clothes if you're going to New Mexico to do missions. <laughs> that was probably the hardest mission stuff I've ever done. It was so cold there. I was not a, I was not a happy camper. But I suppose if I were to give myself advice, if I were to go back with what I know now. One, bring more clothes. And two, asking myself is why I'm doing it right. Because at the time, I was like, you know what? I like this family. I'm just going to go do this thing because they're all Christians. This will be a fun activity. It wasn't a fun activity for me. I didn't have that much fun. It was very miserable. But it was very essential, I think, for my growth because at, life isn't always going to be happy, sunshine, and rainbows. You have to acknowledge that if you want to do good for the kingdom of God, you're going to have to die to yourself a lot. And realizing that the cold is where I had to literally die to myself, I was like, God, okay, but please don't. And so being here is a lot easier than being there, I think, because it's summer, and it's easy to want to be a good Christian now. But I think the advice would be that asking yourself, am I doing this for my comfort or am I doing this for God? And if you can say it's for your comfort, don't do it. Because right. I think if we're just seeking comfort in missions, you're going to find it's a very disappointing place to find it. Right. And so, yeah, I think knowing why you're doing what you're doing. So you've used the phrase um, a lot recently in the well in the in the past, but um, the phrase "die to yourself." What what exactly does that mean to you? Um, and some for and for those who are listening that maybe don't really fully understand the phrase, I feel like it's a fairly mm. Christian thing to say. But yeah which is fine, but kind of explain what that means to you and what it would mean to others. Okay, so when I say die to myself, it's the idea of laying down the the presupposed rights you think you have towards all the things that we think are good, like um, happiness, comfort, warmth, all these things that are just like so built-in desires of ours. Like, are you willing to sacrifice something? So when I say die to myself, obviously I'm not, I don't mean literally, so the Christian community would know I don't mean that. But if you're not in the Christian community, this would mean ask yourself, is this benefiting me more than someone else? Right? So if I have to wake up every morning and die to myself, I'm asking myself, I would much rather sleep in, right? But to die to myself would be to take away what I want and put in the greater cause. Like, what would God want me to do here? And so the practice I've been getting since I've been here is waking up, and the first thing I say is, what do you want to do today, God? Because normally I would just say, okay, I want to go back to sleep, right? Because I don't want to get up so early. But I think once we recognize that it's not our wills that are more important, it's God's will. 
it becomes a little easier to, you know, acknowledge that this is just something that would build me up, right? So if I got to sleep in, that would build me up more. But to die to yourself would mean to lay down the right to have all the comfort and desires you want for the cause of a greater good, right? So like one of my speakers today was talking about when he is old and gray, he wants people to say, that man wasted his life for Christ. And so the idea is that you're just completely dedicating your your ambition, your pursuit of life to God and making it all orient around his will instead of your will. So the idea of dying to yourself would be to just put your will below some below God's will. Right. And it can be very applicable to normal life as well. If I'm in a social group and I I don't know, I want to die to myself and let someone else pick the music, right? The idea is very simple, it's just put down what you want and pick up what a greater will in your own. Yeah. I think that is um, a great outlook. I mean, for Christians and people that aren't Christians, um, we find ourselves constantly wanting to, I don't know, input more to ourselves. Like we want more. We I mean, we can be greedy, obviously, but um, you know, obviously this podcast is based on being, you know, a fan of your own life. And mm-hmm. what I've learned is you can't, you can't be selfish and be a fan of yourself. Um, if you look mm-hmm. at anyone around you and say, man, that person's really selfish, but I like them. You're crazy. I mean, you, you don't, you don't, right. you don't look at other people's lives and see them, you know, wanting things, um, and, and being selfish and say, oh yeah, that's the type, that's the type of person I want to be. But we're naturally selfish. We, we want, we want more and more, and it's really hard for us to die to ourselves but in order to become better fans of our own lives, we we really do need to put into practice that dying to ourself mindset. Um, you know, we sacrifice leads to joy um, in the long mm-hmm. run, in, in in the kingdom of God, especially. Um, and right. so that's, I mean, and at the core, that's what missions is. It's 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 an ultimate sacrifice. And you know, I and I I'm not gonna lie. There's a lot of people out there that that see missions as. Oh, they're, you know, they're just, they have, they picked a job where they're on a vacation, but that's mm-hmm. not, uh, well, I mean, it, it has been true and it can be true, but right. people that really want to serve God are not out in the boonies, um, having fun. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but okay. are you going to be dealing with any inclement weather where you're going? It's either going to be really hot or really cold. I don't think there's a, a middle ground. So we're a little unsure of what to pack. Uh, we can be in the Himalayas one day, and we might just be in some like desert wasteland. I don't know. It's up in the air. So honestly, we're going to pack light and pray hard. <laughs> but yeah, it should be fun. Um, a big aspect of what we're going to do is a hand, as a giving out Bibles and doing uh, ministry in villages in the mountains because our, our big goal here is to like reach the unreached. And so a lot of our bases have different like specifications, but ours is reaching the unreached. So we go to places that are really like under, I don't know, what's the word underdeveloped and uh, you know, untouched. And so there's just not a lot of influences there except for whatever they just have culturally. And so like Southeast Asia, it's a lot of Hinduism and the, um buddhism but yeah so those gonna be little villages that's all they know and so we're gonna get an opportunity to just like hand out bibles and actually like 
do some sermons, do some little bit of preaching. And yeah, I think we get to talk with a bunch of little kids, do like little VBS for them. It's going to be fun. It's just a lot of, there's just so much that we take for granted here that would mean a world of difference in somewhere that's impoverished. Yeah. And, and that can be the most difficult, especially when you're facing people that have not um, had a lot of experience with the gospel. There's a lot of different reactions to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, well, I can't even imagine kind of the rigorous uh, type of training it takes just to deal with the, the backlash from trying to tell someone the gospel in a place that they've really, that maybe they've never heard it. Um, so yeah, pretty much everybody that I've ever shared the gospel with um, had heard, has, has heard the name of Jesus before. So mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine going to someone and be, someone response being who's Jesus or what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> um, that, yeah. that's just crazy to me because, you know, everyone should know who Jesus is, but, um, yeah, not, not the case. Yeah. I had my first experience of that actually here in Salem, Oregon. I was, we were out preaching in the city and I met this old man who I asked him if he knew anything about Jesus. And he was like, no. And I was like, um, have you heard of the Bible? He's like, no. And he, he was a little on the, I don't know. He was very disconnected. And it was just, I was very shocked to meet someone in America who didn't know anything about Jesus. And I was like, I wasn't prepared for that. Like in my evangelism, I was so ready to tell people about the gospel who already knew and had a, a differing opinion. But for someone who didn't have an opinion, I was like, well, I wasn't expecting this. I was actually unprepared. And so I felt very... Yeah. overwhelmed in that moment because i was like this is the last thing i was expecting right well and that's it's similar like on the reservation you know people have heard the gospel because it's been preached but still less than three percent of navajo people are christian and mm-hmm. it's i think that's a, a very similar statistic in like australia and you don't expect it in places like that because australia is a very developed place um and you right. and there's been a a, a a fair amount of missions done in Australia. I used to know a missionary to Australia and he said like the biggest, uh, the biggest hardship for missionaries in Australia is the attitude of Australians. They're just like, they do not, they just don't care to really be religious. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. which, which I think is a difficult, a difficult thing to combat. And, you know, the Navajo are opposite of that. They are extremely religious and they, they I mean, they worship the earth and they're, they're deep seated into witchcraft um, and their beliefs are very strong. So two very different mindsets, but then when you end up with the same amount of, uh, of them, you know, whether they're in Australia or um, on the reservation that are Christian. Uh, and so there's always going to be, no matter where you are, I guess there's always going to be some type of uphill battle in that. Yeah. Yeah. So is uh the the mission the trip you're taking is a short term trip, right? Yep, it's about two months. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's a semi short. I guess it's short. I, much better than it's, two it's weeks. It's long enough. L- long enough to actually accomplish stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. There there is such a thing as look see uh, mission trips, and I actually I, I've grown actually to not dislike them because. Um, if you're, if you've got people already in a mission field and you get people that come in, um, for two weeks and they, you know, they give a helping hand and they, some say that it does more bad than good, but that's not true. You're getting, uh, exposure to your program. 
So even if those mm -hmm. people never come back, maybe they're going to give financially. They're going to be praying for the mission. Um, they're going to send people your way. And so, you know, even the short term, two weeks, three weeks is not always a bad thing. Um, depending on, depending on the situation, obviously a two week mission trip to a war zone, uh, might seem unnecessary, but I guess it also depends. Um, yeah, right. that's, that's super exciting. And then do you have, uh, mission plans? Or are you just waiting to hear about after that? Um, I kind of, well, I, on the topic of becoming, uh, a, being a fan of life, a thing I've become a fan of is YWAM, which is youth with a mission. And how they operate is just so cool to me. Like, they don't have a centralized body. So it's a bunch of, like, independent places that will take up with YWAM and become YWAM bases all around the all around the globe, actually. And so I've become a big fan of YWAM. And so my goal is after I finish my DTS here, I want to do a secondary school here. So they have, like, specialties. Like, you can get, like, there's music ones, there's teaching ones, there's Bible school ones. Mine is outward apologetics. And so that's the one I want to go to. They have it here. And there's just more opportunities for you to focus onto what your specialty is, right? Because we all have a different like uh, purpose in the body of Christ. And so I think mine would be in the outward apologetics section. We'll see what God says. But yeah, I kind of want to continue my career with YWAM. Uh, Salem, Oregon is not a bad place to be. It's my first school, but I feel very attached to it. It's very... Um, it's a very good conduit for spiritual growth, and I really like it here. And so my kind of mission plan would probably be full-time missions, but along the way, I want to like staff one of my schools and kind of get really involved with the base, and like maybe see about like some base leadership in the way distant future. That's like the ten-year plan. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like Wildlands probably got the foreseeable future for me, and yeah, God's really just moving while I'm out here. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, I really appreciate you being able to sit down and talk with us. I don't want to take up too, too much of your time. Um, but you know, last, last question, last thing that I would ask you as well as, um, kind of project brain, what you said last about, you know, being a fan of YWAM is that's awesome. It, being a fan of a missions program um, in that you, the type of fandoms we talk about on this show <laughs> is the type of fandoms that hopefully change lives. Um, mm. and, and it's not about, oh, this just gives me happiness. Um, you know, I was sitting down with my mom actually today and we talked about, um, you know, I, the last episode I, I used the word, you know, this makes me happy or this brought me joy. Um, and it, you know, whatever it may be, it's not, that's the type of, you know, quote unquote happiness or even because happiness is just joy that doesn't last. Uh, and we're looking for joy, not happiness. And so mm -hmm. the type of fandom that you can be a part of, like I'm a fan of serving God, that is the type of fandom that actually makes us fit in our own lives because God yeah. has a plan for us. Right. And when we start seeking him, we're now in the right track. Uh, and it becomes really easy to be a fan of our own life. All that being said, um, what do you think is the one thing about serving with YWAM and learning at YWAM that you're the biggest fan of? Um, what what makes it what what makes you feel like it makes when I say biggest fan of? What about it makes you a better fan of your own life? And like ah, this is why I like me in this. 
That's a really good question. Um, I think, oh goodness, my favorite part about Lyra and what makes me a big fan of it is, uh, how do I say it? The team community kind of living, right? And so everything we do here is very team oriented. Like right now while I'm on the phone with you, there are different facilities at parts of YLAM where people can volunteer and just work together. Like outside, there's this like six people working together, picking up trees that just got cut down a couple days ago. And it's just a very big community oriented missions program. So everything we do, we're trying to do as a team, right? And so in a team, there's a lot of different roles. And so I think it really like accentuates like what you're good at. They'll find out what you're good with and they'll plug you in. There's no like, there's nobody who doesn't have a spot to fit in. And so I think it's really cool here that I can just drive here from Virginia and already have a great community of people who are just on fire for God and just love each other and love sharing the gospel. And yeah, the complete gospel orientation is also really driving this community of living. So yeah, it's probably that because I wasn't the most social person back when we used to hang out. But, oh, goodness, if you could see me here, like God's really just done a whole miracle. <laughs> I actually enjoy being around people so much now. And, yeah, it's just really cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, to the listeners, for one, I wanted to let you guys know that Macias is uh, what we call living by faith right now. So he does not have a salary. He does not have any type of um feasible income for one. And then also, um, if you get the chance to possibly, um, you know, if you could possibly uh, support him financially, but it also with just keeping up to date with what he's doing and, and who he's trying to reach at the time and how he's learning and growing, um, that's going to be an awesome thing. Uh, and get, you know, get on a prayer list so you can, so you can be praying for Macias. Um, is there, a, I, what I'll be able to do is I'll be able to post it on Instagram and Facebook, but there's a good way to, um, hear about your mission, right? Do you have a newsletter that can be subscribed to or um, what's the best way to yes. keep up to date with your mission? So currently the newsletter is in progress. I'm trying to do it as efficiently as possible, but the easiest way to get notifications is on my Facebook, which is where I have all my like supporter comes like in a group. And so once I get all of them like collectively organized, I'm going to start sending out more newsletters. But yeah, that Facebook is probably the easiest way to find out what I'm doing. Right, and you do have a uh, a link that you can people can give to you through, right? Yes, I can. Yeah, I yeah. think so. It should still be on my Facebook too. Yeah. So what I'll do is I will um, post on Facebook and I will post on Instagram about. Um, put, I'll post that link and post a little bit about Macias, um, and you guys will be able to you know check check his work out, keep up with him, and hopefully um, be praying, support Macias if you can. We. We uh, love Macias and we love the work that he's doing and we're really excited to see the things that God has in store for him. So um, you have anything else you want to say, Macias, or are we going to call this one a good one? Uh, nope. Thanks for having me on here. It's really cool. I'm glad you're pursuing this, dude. All right. Well, we will talk to you later. All right. Bye. It was really good to catch up with Macias. We talked a little bit the other day, um, but didn't get the chance to really go into what he's learning and what he is uh, aspiring to. Um, he is a awesome, awesome guy um, doing awesome, awesome work. So wrap up. I was, I was trying to have Emily back on the podcast, of course, um, here after the interview. 
unfortunately we have been super busy uh and we're trying to pack and do all kinds of wild things um but next time she will be on the podcast and we'll be talking more about of course what it means to be a fan of life and hopefully you guys are slowly becoming fans of your own lives um we are reaching up um on the how many listeners we have and i've kind of decided that i have to reach a certain goal of listeners in order to kind of continue this just to to justify you know i enjoy doing it obviously but to justify the time and so forth so um if you know anybody that might enjoy the podcast please share it with others um if not we will continue to see you on a week-to-week basis here on the fans of life podcast thank you much i hope you guys have a good rest of your week bye